This is an English folk tale called The Buried Moon. Now there was an area in England called the Carland, and the Carland was one vast bog. Pools of water stood all over the place, and the ground was soft and spongy, and you would sink in it if you weren't careful. There was a path that ran through it, but if you strayed off that path, well, you were as good as dead. Also, it was a place where evil things dwelt. Boggies and bogles and creeping horrors, and witches used to love to gather there to cast their dark spells. And there was black snags all around as well, roots and small, stunted, twisted bushes that would catch your feet and make you fall. It was a dangerous place to be. Now, its evil reputation and its danger was so great that even the moon got to hear about it herself. And she heard the terrible stories of all the evil goings-on that happened there, and she thought, This cannot be as bad as people say. I must go and investigate. I must see for myself if what people say is true. Now she wrapped herself up in a black cloak with a black hood over her head to keep her light contained within it. And she came down from the sky, and she came down to the bogs at the carland, and she walked through it. And what she saw there made her shudder. There were pools of stagnant water there, green and slimy, there were all sorts of tripping hazards, all snags all over the place, and it was just a place that you could sense the fear, and in the dark she could tell that she was not alone. There were boggies and bogles and creeping horrors all around. Now, as she was walking along, the feeling was so horrific that she really wanted to go home, back up into the sky. But the moon was brave, and decided that she had to carry on and investigate further, just to make sure that everything she'd heard was true. So far, it seemed to be the case. Everything was as bad as people said, possibly even worse. Well, as she walked along deeper and deeper into the middle of this marsh, her foot caught on something, one of the black snags, and she fell into a large and deep pool of water. She grabbed out to grab hold of something, and she found a snag, and she held on to it with both hands. But the snag twisted around her wrists and held her bound there as tightly as if she was in manacles. And the more and more she struggled, the tighter the snag gripped her. So she was there, in the pool, entangled in the black snag and unable to move or get away. Now as she lay there, 
wondering what she could do to save herself. She heard in the distance a sound, a cry, a wail for help. It was a man who had strayed off the path and was now lost, and now he was terrified, dazed and petrified. He shouted in the hope that someone might hear him. Now, the moon couldn't do a thing to help him, but, oh, she wanted to. She wanted to so badly. And in that pitch darkness, the man who was lost could see a faint glimmer of light. Now that came from the trapped moon. And he headed towards it, crying and shouting as he went. And she realized that he was walking right towards the deep, dark pool that she was trapped in, and that very soon he would fall into it and drown. So she struggled. She struggled and she twisted and she turned to try to get herself free from the black snag, but she was unable to free herself. But in her struggles, her hood fell back and her golden hair streamed out and light poured from it, just as light poured from every part of her body. But her hair was the brightest and soon the whole bog was lit up and bathed in glorious moonlight. And the man suddenly could see where he was, and he stopped before he fell into that dangerous, deep, deadly pool. And he could see the path that he had strayed from. And he cried out with joy and ran back towards it. All the evil creatures were driven back into the dark corners by that light. And he ran along that path, crying with joy, and he ran and he ran, and the moon was so happy she had saved his life. It was only some time after, when he had gone too far, that it dawned on her that she also needed help and that she should have asked him to help her, as she had helped him. But by that time it was too late, the man was gone. And she struggled and she struggled to try to free herself again. Desperately she struggled, but to no avail. And in her exertions, and in her twistings and turnings, the hood fell back over her head. And she lay down on the ground, fastened by the wrists to the black snag. And darkness fell over the whole area again. And then she heard the voices, the terrible, terrible voices of all the evil things that lived in the bog and drew people to their deaths. Well... They all gathered around her, and they all mocked her, and cursed her, and they nipped her, and kicked her, and beat her, and all the time screeching out of them the hatred 
poured out of their evil mouths. The witches there said, Curse you! Curse you! You have ruined many of our dark spells with your horrible light. And the boggy said, Yes, and you have driven us into the furthest, darkest corners with your light as well. Well, they decided that now that they had the moon merciless and helpless at their feet, that they should do something about her permanently. The witches said, Poison! Let's poison her! Yes, let's poison her! And the creeping horrors whispered in a horrible voice, Smother her! Let us smother her! And she could feel them winding around her legs as they spoke. She lay there, and she wished that she was dead. But, as all the evil creatures argued about the fate of the moon and what they should do to her, they realized in their horror that the sky was starting to turn grey, the dawn was coming, and they must act fast. Some of them went off, and they came back dragging a huge slab of rock, and they decided to bury her. Bury her in that horrible pool. So she was pressed down into the pool, still bound by the black snag, and a huge stone was placed over the top of her to keep her there. And then they all laughed. Now, some of the evil creatures, the witches, I think it was, said, we should get the will-o'-the-wisp to guard her. Two will-o'-the-wisps should stay and watch the black snag to make sure that the moon does not escape. And so two will-o'-the-wisps were positioned in front of the black snag, and they kept watch over the moon, and other will-o'-the-wisps came to relieve them, and they went away to lure people to their deaths but they watched over the moon to make sure that she was dead and buried and could not rise again in the sky and shed her light over them. Now, the new moon had passed, and it was supposed to be waxing now and getting brighter, but it didn't. People started to talk. There was no moon in the sky. It should be getting brighter, but it wasn't. And time passed, and still no moon came, and the evil things that dwelt in the bog became more and more powerful, more and more confident in their movements. People started to fear that bog more than they had done already, and believe me, they had feared it. Now, they went to consult the wise woman. Now, she lived in a mill nearby, and they went to her, and they asked why the moon wasn't coming back. She looked into her brew pot. 
she looked into a mirror and into one of her big dark books. But she said, I don't know why the moon is not there, but the moon is not where she should be. But I have no idea where she is. If you hear of anything that may be a clue, anything, the slightest thing, tell me, and I will look into it. So they went away downhearted. Now the darkness continued, and the evil creatures became more and more confident, and people's fear grew higher and higher, and they didn't like to move around at night now, for there was no moon to guide them. But they did still gather in the local inn, and drink beer, and talk. And the talk, of course, was always about the moon, and where she could be. Now it happened one night that a stranger from the other side of the bog was there on business, and he was spending the night in the inn, and he was sitting on a settle, drinking his beer, and listening to all this talk about the moon, and how she was not in the sky and where she could be, when suddenly he slapped his leg and said, By faith, I think I know where she is. Where? they all cried. And he told them about the time that he was lost in the bog, and he saw a slight light in the distance and headed towards it. And then, Suddenly, just before he strayed into a deep pool where he would have surely drowned, there was a sudden flood of beautiful light, and he was able to see his way back to the path and back home to safety. That must have been the moon, he said. She must be in that bog. Well, the people rushed back to the mill, and they told the old woman this, and she looked in her brew-pot, and she looked in her mirror, and she looked in her big black book, and she said, There are strange things here, there are portents about the moon, but I don't understand them. But go to the bog, all of you, and each one of you, have a stone in his mouth, and carry a hazel twig with you. And whatever you do, none of you must speak. And when you are in the bog, go and search. You have to wait there until the darkness is gathering, and then you have to go in at night. And you have to watch out for a coffin, and a cross, and two candles. That's all I can tell you. But if you find those, you will find the moon. Well, the men were afraid, but they were more afraid of a sky with no moon in it than they were about their own dangers in the bog. So, the next night, as the darkness was gathering, they each placed a stone in their mouth. They took a sprig of hazel and 
they set off into the bog. Now they had gone for quite a distance, and the ground was squelching under their feet, and some of them nearly fell into pools of water, and many caught their feet on black snags as they went, and always there was the sound around them, an evil sound like voices whispering. The men were afraid, but eventually they saw something, something unusual. They went towards it, and it was a large, flat stone, and it was half in and half out of a deep bog, a deep pool. And this slow slab of stone was shaped like a large coffin, and in front of it was a black snag, which had arms outstretched like a grotesque cross, the limbs of this twisted, stunted, gnarled little bush tree looked like a hideous cross, and in front of it the candles, the two will-o'-the-wisps that stood guard over the moon. Well, seeing this, the men took heart, and they grabbed the stone, and they pulled it back with all their might. It took all their strength to shift it, but they pulled back the stone, and light flooded out from underneath it. And some of them said that just for a moment they could have sworn that they saw a beautiful face bathed in light looking up at them from out of the pool, and the look on that face seemed to be one of joy and relief. And the next minute, before they knew what had happened, the moon was back in the sky again, and it was a full moon, and it shed its beautiful light over the whole of the marsh, so they could see every pool and every hole of water, and then they turned and they went home, having successfully freed the moon from her prison. She was buried no longer and is back in the sky to shed her light and to cast evil things away in fear. <laughs>